Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fireside Chat Fridays. It's the 2021-2022 school year, and this is our inaugural episode of the fall 2021 season of Fireside Chat Fridays. Now, I want to introduce myself. I'm Samantha Pierce. I work with Fireside Chat Fridays and Parents for Public Schools. As a spokesperson, Fireside Chat Fridays is sponsored by Parents for Public Schools. And anyone who's been around and seen the, the Parents for Public Schools Facebook page knows that we are all about confronting inequities and other barriers and working to secure for our students the fundamental right to a high quality of education. That's what we're all about. And going into this school year, we know that things have been crazy. We're still living with the effects of the COVID pandemic. There's still plenty of opportunity for us to work towards equity in education. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. This is a good thing for our students to make sure that each student gets a high quality of education. Now, folks, I want you to feel free to join in, join in with the conversation live on the Parents for Public Schools Facebook page. And today, my guest, my scheduled guest, Gina Palmero, a Syracuse City School District parent and a candidate for school board commissioner. She can't join us today because of a family emergency. We wish you well, Gia, and hope everything turns out okay for you and your family. So, I'm kind of winging it here. <laughs> but as we have lived through the COVID pandemic and as our students are going back into the school building, we're noticing more and more the pressure that students and staff and families are experiencing because of the pandemic. I wrote myself some notes here. Kids have been back in the classroom for about a month now, give or take a day or two. And well, we've had a lot going on in the classrooms in the, in the last few weeks. So we've seen students basically breaking under the pressure that they've been experiencing. And of course, the adults are having different reactions to this. And the adults themselves are under stress. Now, we've got the same chronic problems that we've always had here in Syracuse. We've got staffing shortages, which are even worse now. There are nationwide shortages of bus drivers, substitute teachers, special education teachers and it's even it's even more of a problem now now what are the some of the solutions to these issues well i know of one group of students who having lost their teacher in the first week of school is endeavoring to teach themselves we've got some pretty awesome kids going to school here in the syracuse city school district despite what you may hear in the news sometimes there are students who are endeavoring to fill the gap by teaching themselves, which is admirable. It's unfortunate that they don't have the support that they need from teaching staff and from qualified teachers to be able to learn the things that they want to learn. But there are students who are 
motivated to learn nonetheless. And I want to address the special education issue. I'm a bit of a one-trick pony when it comes to special education and disability. I'm always going to bring it into the conversation. And what we're seeing now is a worsening of the nationwide shortage of qualified special education teachers. What are we going to do about that? Again, there needs to be a conversation about what those solutions are and how we are going to help students flourish in their classrooms. How are we going to help students flourish in their classrooms when there is a constant threat of violence? We've been living with the constant threat of COVID for over a year and a half now. It's not going away anytime soon. How do we help students and staff feel comfortable in the classroom? How do, we, how do we remove those stressors? That's the conversation that I would love to see us having here in Syracuse, rather than what typically happens is we start looking for someone to blame. That doesn't really help students. But what does help? Well, we know and we've known for some time now that having healthy relationships, connections with their, with their classroom teacher goes a long way to helping a student feel comfortable in their classroom and to achieve academically. Is that happening? We don't know. Other things that go a long way to helping build a healthy learning environment for students and staff is addressing the corporate culture in the district and bringing it up a notch, bring it up to the level where there is mutual trust and respect between all the stakeholders in the district. That means administration, that means building administration, that means teachers, families, Students, there needs to be the building of those healthy relationships that connect people together versus what we have now, which is no one trusts anyone. And it's a, it's a bit of a mess. And the students are paying the price for it. Now, in the midst of all this, parents have been struggling this whole time. We've dealt with work from home. We've dealt with the back to work orders. We've dealt with the loss of childcare. We've dealt with the loss of jobs. We are dealing with unemployment and underemployment. And we're dealing with the emotional stress, our own emotional stress and the emotional stress of our students. So where's the conversation that needs to be happening about how we support parents and caregivers and families to be better able to support their students? How do we support educators to be able to better support their students? I've seen lots of conversations where it turns into a fight and everybody's 
you know, stakes out their, their little patch of territory and they begin to fight to hold that ground. Actually, that's not how we're going to solve the challenges that are facing us here in Syracuse. We are going to f- solve those challenges where, when we find common ground to stand on and common ground where we can work together to support each other. Now, I don't know what that looks like. That depends on all the players in the game coming together on the same page. Parents for Public Schools of Syracuse would like to be that common ground that all the players come together on the same page, on the same stage, and work towards solutions that will help bring a quality education into the reach of students here in Syracuse. So I want you to pay attention, like, and follow us on Facebook. There will be events upcoming for this school year where we bring together the community members to work towards that goal of quality education in the public schools here in Syracuse. Now, I, I think we can all agree that that's, that's a, a, a laudable goal. That's what we want for our students. We want our students to have a high quality of education. We want them to want to go to school. We want them to enjoy being at school. And I've always said all along for about almost two decades now that I want every teacher that walks into a classroom with my child to absolutely love the fact that they get to walk into a classroom with my child and spend several hours of a, of a day teaching my child. That's clearly not the case now. And, you know, okay, we're all dragging. We are all dragging. We're all in the same boat. And it's important for us to recognize that, yes, we are all dragging. We are all in the same boat. Fighting each other just makes that so much harder to be able to find the solutions to the things that are troubling us. Now, it is an election year this year, and there are several candidates running for school board commissioner here in the Syracuse City School District. Our goal for Fireside Chat Fridays is to have each candidate on to talk about the things that are important to them, to talk about why they want to serve you and your children as a school board commissioner and what they want to work towards for the benefit of our students. So folks, when you get the email or the message, please respond. We'd love to give you the opportunity to speak with voters and let them know what you have in store should you be elected as school board commissioner. To be clear, we are not going to be endorsing everyone, anyone. That's not part of our mission. That's not part of our calling. But we are committed to informing families so that they can make decisions that benefit them and that benefits their children's education. So keep an eye out again on our Facebook page for those events coming up this fall and also for other events and opportunities to help build into public education here in Syracuse. 
Now, folks, please feel free to share your questions, your comments about the state of public education here in the city of Syracuse. Drop them right in the chat and we can continue the conversation. Now, how was your back to school? I know my back to school, I didn't go back to school. The kids went back and for the most part, they are all so excited to be back in the classroom. They're excited to be seeing their friends again. They're excited to be seeing their teachers again. And I don't know, I, can't, I'm, I miss having my kids around all day long. Don't tell them I said that. I miss having my kids in the house, but I, I also enjoy when they come home and they each stop in for their time of telling me about everything important that happened to them that day. Because that lets me know that what's going on in the classroom, what's going on with their friends, who I need to reach out to. And it helps me keep, a, keep an eye on how they're doing emotionally. And if, if you're a parent and you are struggling with how do I connect with my kid and how do I keep an eye on what they might be struggling with, a great way to do that is to just let them talk. <laughs> Sit still and let them talk and eventually all the things will come out of their, of their mouths. And it's important to listen to what they're saying, you know, process the information before you respond. And to be honest, that's a great way of interacting with anyone. Listen to what they're saying, process the information that they're sharing before you respond. And you, you learn a lot of great things that way. I learn a lot of things just by listening and thinking about what people are saying. You learn about what their fears are. You learn about the things that they love and any civic leaders, politicians out there, this is key. Listen to your constituents, listen to understand, process what we say before you respond. That's my little bit of advice for you. Take it or leave it. Now, Going back to my notes, and again, I'm winging it because I, I didn't plan to be having a conversation by myself this evening. Uh, Fireside Chat Fridays will be broadcast live on the Parents for Public Schools of Syracuse Facebook page every week on Fridays at six o'clock. So tune in. And if you miss the live broadcast, don't worry, because you can also catch it on Straight Independent Radio. Dot us straight with an eight independent radio dot us to hear all the the previous week's episode broadcast on the straight independent radio platform and i got i have to say thank you to straight independent radio for giving parents for public schools of syracuse this platform to reach out to our community and engage in that conversation about public education and engage in a constructive way about public education. There are a lot of things that go on in school buildings that are in fact a, a, a microcosm, a reflection of what goes on in our wider communities. So it's important for us, 
as parents for public schools of Syracuse to make sure that the rest of the community knows what's going on and what is important and that they too have a role to play in securing a high quality of education for the students here in Syracuse. The community plays a role in identifying and addressing the barriers to a high quality of public education here in the city of Syracuse. So if you're someone who your kids are grown and out of the house or you, your kids have moved away, but you're still here living in Syracuse, what happens in the Syracuse City School District is important for you because the Syracuse City School District is educating the next generation of workers, the next generation of doctors, the next generation of teachers, the next generation of plumbers, firefighters, the next mayor. I have a kiddo in my household who is committed to being the mayor of Syracuse when he's older. Okay, So try not to mess things up too much until he gets there. <laughs> I'll do everything in my power to, to see that he gets the opportunity to do that. And part of that is making sure that he gets a high quality of education. The students who are in Syracuse City Schools right now they're gonna be our doctors, they're gonna be our lawyers, they're gonna be our teachers, plumbers, firefighters, mechanics, computer engineers, bloggers, journalists. The possibilities for them are endless. So long as we, the community here in Syracuse, invest in these students. And I have to say, I'm, I am consistently disappointed whenever there's a news story about something bad that has happened in a city school. I'm consistently disappointed by the people who are calling students animals, who are calling them thugs, who are calling their parents lazy. That's not how a community thrives. The community doesn't thrive by eating itself. It certainly doesn't thrive by eating its young. So I would encourage you, if you're, if you're the ones who are on there talking about students and their families in this way, stop and think for a minute, what happens to your community when you talk about your community that way? And this is not me advocating for anyone to put on the rose-colored glasses and ignore the real challenges that are facing us, not at all. This is me calling for our community to interact with the community with a measure of grace and humility, recognizing that at any given time, we could also be experiencing the circumstances of the people that we're talking trash about. So I'd encourage you to not talk trash about our students, not talk trash about our families, but instead stop and think about the factors that are influencing what is going on in city schools. Stop and think about what are families experiencing? What are students experiencing? What do they come to school from? What do they go home to? 
what are the factors that go into creating those environments? And what are the factors that we can manipulate to create environments that are conducive to learning, conducive to strong families, conducive to people being of sound mind, body, and having the support that they need to be part of a caring community. I think Syracuse, one of the things that we've forgotten is how to care about each other and how to come together and work with each other to find solutions. Problem solving, solution finding, I think we need a little bit more of that. And we absolutely need to come together and think about the solutions, think about those things that we need to do to get the kind of schools that we want for our students, to get the kind of schools that teachers want to work in, to be the kind of people that our children want to know and interact with. Now, I, I've, I've seen also that there's a lot of talk about the impact of social media on the mental health of students. Apparently Facebook, this very platform that we're on, is having to answer some hard questions about what social media does to the mental health of children. And that's a great question to ask, but I've seen solutions like ban cell phones. I don't know about you, but banning things is not the best way to help people deal with the impact of something like social media. Teaching students about how to use social media appropriately? Sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? Teaching students about how to be respectful to each other in print. I know that's a tall order because adults struggle with that one. So adults, think about what you're modeling for, this, for the children and the young adults in your life, in your interactions on social media. This is a little bit off the, the trail of public education, but not by much because a lot of what happens on social media between students, it ends up in the classroom. And if students don't know how to appropriately gauge what goes on on social media, things are gonna blow up in the classroom. Um, I, I've already had to navigate, helping my own children navigate conflict on social media. And it's, it's not an easy job. It's not an easy thing to do, especially if no one's ever explained to you how to do this. Parenting is not something that we all instinctively know how to do. We work at it and we work at it and we don't always get it right. But what's really helpful is having people come alongside us and also working with us <laughs> in, in, in caring for our children and teaching them things like don't share your private information on social media. Remember to be kind to people. Think about what you say on social media because it's going to be there forever. 
I've always told my own children, if you wouldn't say it in person, don't say it online. Which, you know, then, then we have the issue of folks who are willing to say all sorts of things in person. Well, that's a different, that's another conversation that I've also had to have with my own children. But straight, again, straying back onto the path of public education, what happens on social media does often show up in the classroom. What happens on social media for the adults? Sometimes shows up in the classroom. Sometimes it shows up at home. Um, I'm hesitant to mention this, but it's already been in the news. So, hey, one such incident is when um, the day before school started, I received a text message on a communication platform that the schools used very successfully to communicate with families and for families to communicate with teachers to send some really inappropriate information about the pandemic which was really not the way I wanted to start off a school year, but there you go. Even adults struggle to know what's appropriate and not appropriate for social media. So cut the kids some slack and think about talking to the students that you know you have a good relationship with about what they're doing on social media. If you are not the person who has the strong relationship, strong relationship and strong connection, Maybe don't start that conversation yet. Work on strengthening that conversation, that, that, that relationship before you have that conversation with that student. Um, it's, it's the concept of earning the right to be heard by demonstrating that you care, by demonstrating that you're trying to understand, even if you don't always, by demonstrating that you are willing and able to listen and process information that people are willing to share with you. And in so doing, you earn the right to, to enter into a, a different conversation, a more intense, more intimate conversation about the really important things in people's lives. And that requires that you have to show up and be present with people, especially for students, um, the, this Gen Z that's coming up now. I've observed these kids a lot and they are sharp. It's a sharp group of kids that we have here in the Syracuse City School District. A lot of them are streetwise because they've had to assume caregiver roles for their siblings. A lot of them are older than their years because they have all these extra responsibilities and extra pressures in their lives. They have to deal with constant threats and the biggest threat and most constant threat that we've all experienced, every last one of us, is the COVID pandemic. We've all lived with that. We are all experiencing the impact of that. And students are doing the best that they can with what they've got. So it's important for students to be recognized for doing the best that they can under the circumstances, but also for adults to work on providing them with the tools so that their best 
becomes even better. And that's also important for the adults to recognize that we are doing the best that we can and to work towards providing better tools so that our best can become even better. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think about the challenges that are facing students here in Syracuse? What are some of the barriers that prevent students from getting a high quality of education? Well, we know in Syracuse that one of the biggest barriers is poverty and all the things that poverty brings with it. We're talking about housing instability. We're talking about food instability. We're talking about concerns about the safety of our neighborhoods, the safety of our homes. Those are all things that families and students have to deal with. And those things become barriers to having a quality education. Now, some students will thrive anyway. They're the ones who are going to face those barriers and do the hard work of overcoming those barriers. But there are students who, when they look at their, those barriers, they don't know what to do about it. And they're not going to know what to do unless someone shows them how to overcome those barriers while someone else is also working to remove those barriers in the first place. It's not an either or situation. It's a situation where we have to do both. Help students who are being negatively impacted by poverty to overcome the, the barriers that poverty places in their, in their path while also working to take apart those barriers that are making students work that much harder to achieve their academic success. How do we address the barriers to poverty? Well, again, that's where it takes the whole community coming together and thinking about solutions. It takes county leadership thinking about how to address issues of poverty here in Syracuse. Certainly takes the leadership here in the city to thinking about addressing the barriers that poverty presents to the city of Syracuse. It takes advocating with our state leadership to make sure that we have the resources here in Syracuse, here in Onondaga County, to address those barriers to quality education, address the barrier of poverty in the lives of our students, in the life of our city. It's not just the students, it's not just the schools, it's the whole city. And if one of us is struggling, we're all struggling. So it's really important, again, that we think about these solutions as a community, not just as, hey, school district, go fix all of this. Come back when you're done. That's not how it works. And the role of Parents for Public Schools of Syracuse, here in Syracuse, is to equip 
families to help have those conversations and to advocate for themselves and their students to be able to sit down at the com- at the table as equals with our civic leaders, with the decision makers, to make those decisions about how to address the barriers, how to remove the barriers that are keeping our students from getting a quality education. Now, folks, I had planned a whole hour of content for us, but my guest isn't here. So I'm going to be wrapping up early and I encourage you to...